0: Breaking news, welcome to Will and Merzane's special TTS report.
1: Thanks Merzane, and we're back with another episode of the TTS special report. My name is Will, and with me, as always, is none other than the king of real Tennessee... And you could argue with the king of internet, Tennessee, too. It's the one and only Merzane. What's up, my guy? Doing
0: good. I just woke up. I'm, you, get, you get tired, Merzane, today.
1: Tired, Merzane? Well, that's
0: okay. Be Merzane.
1: that's okay. We've had tired Merzane before. As long as the information's good, tired Merzane can stay. It's when you start to drop off on the information, when you start telling us bad things, that's when we're going to have to kick you out of here.
0: I mean, the information has always been questionable at best, right? Like- <laughs> exactly. We, we're just, we just wing it in this house.
1: This is true. This is true. We're just throwing winging it tokens on everything. I know you only get three, but we're throwing them everywhere. That's just how we do it. Well,
0: if, if your opponent doesn't call you out on it, right? Yeah, yeah that's it. That's okay. it. So That is not, that's not true. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do
1: that. Right. Yeah, just like you shouldn't microwave your dice. Like, Here's what's going to happen, right? So I ordered one of my own shirts with the microwave on it, and I got the one that says well-laid plans under it, because I think that's clever as hell. Okay, but I'm going to be wearing that at DashCon, and at some point, I'm going to have an insane role, and if it's the first game, like, first role of the game, someone's going to look at that shirt and be like, bruh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be like, I swear to God, I'm not cheating. It's just a joke. It's just a joke.
0: (laughs) Is it too late to get one in time for DashCon, or if I order one now, is it going to come afterwards?
1: Uh. See, you'd have to do like super rush shipping, and mm. you might still get it. Like, I think the extra shipping. So, I did there's like three levels of shipping speed on there, and it's like standard, expedited, and then like ultra mega fast. I don't, I, that's the official name, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but I did the, I ordered mine last week, and it should be here before NashCon, so you might be able to get it in time for, if you do the the really faster shipping, which is, I think, a couple bucks more. It's not too much more, but that choice is yours.
0: We'll see. We'll see. I want one, and I want to wear one for NashCon, but I may not be able to get it in time.
1: Yeah, well, I understand that. It, it is how it is, but... Just go to the website, check it out, and uh, for the suits out there, yes, we do have House Party Protocol merch. Yes, there's more coming, and go to the link in the description. You can check that stuff out, and uh, the one that I'm I'm working on right now that I'm really excited for is a Sweet Beans shirt, and then we're going to have a Dicer Gonna Dice shirt coming out soon, and then there's one that I'm keeping secret, and I'm, I'm just going to be like, yeah, go check out the, sh- the website. For This secret shirt because it's pretty sweet. I think you know, it's one of those like you know, kind of more meta to the whole war gaming community instead of just crisis protocol, which I think is kind of fun.
0: Something like the uh, there are two, uh, there's only two things that war gamers hate, uh, change and the way things currently are. <laughs> something like that, mm hmm, something like that, that is- but not quite. It's the most
1: true thing I've ever heard, though. Oh, it is. It's the most true thing, yeah. So, Suits, you might be wondering about the matchup that we had this past week. So that's going to be our first topic today, is we're going to talk about the matchup between Merzane and myself, which, and I feel like this is just going to be a lot of plugs, and I'm sorry, I'm a shill, don't hate me. But uh, if you want to see the match between Rezane and I, you can go check it out on the YouTube channel, House Party Protocol YouTube. Just check it out. Look for the logo. Uh, You might have to search a little bit because we're not big enough yet, I guess, to pop up on the searches. Or click the link in the description. You can watch the match. It's a fun match. I do some boneheaded things early, but we're going to talk about that here in a second. So we'll break it down for you. But also, one of us won and one of us lost. So after we talk about who did that, which... I'm sure y'all know by now. I'm going to bury that lead anyways. So we're going to talk about the person's matchup that is continuing on. And then we might touch on the matchup for the other person. But mainly we're going to talk about kind of roster construction and some changes. Because we're both going to Nashcon and talk about what we might play when we're there. And the changes we might make to our rosters and stuff. Because I don't know about you, Merzane. This season for me... Has been all about trying to kind of tune in this Nashcon roster.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I, don't, I don't know if this is what I'm bringing for Nashcon, but it's one of, the, one of the things I'm considering. And this definitely has acted a lot more like practice for me for that. Uh, I have gotten almost no in real life
1: practice games. I know. <laughs> me too. I had one last night against somebody proxying Malekith. And I lost. I lost. I, I should have been more aggressive on points. While my opponent was being more aggressive on me. (laughs) But uh, you know. You live and learn. You live and you learn. So. Merzane. Let's talk about our matchup now. And. It was Avengers versus Convocation. We played at 17 threat. What was the crisis? Was it. uh, Montessi formula. And. Intrusions. Intrusions. That's right. Yeah. So. Your favorite. I like intrusions. Like. You know. It's been. Out of my list at times. In my list at times. You know. Look. I always say, don't take the portal, and then I'm breaking my own advice constantly. Like, how many times did I use the portal in that game? Four times?
0: Something like that, but it worked out every time.
1: Every time. Every time. I don't think it was either successful. of us missed it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just wild how it works out sometimes. I don't trust it, though. It's like, because when you really need it, when you really got to have it, that's when it doesn't work out. But it uh, was a really good game. We played at 17 Threat. I had exactly what we talked about on the show Strange Supreme. Shadowlands Daredevil, Mordo, Wong, and Lizard. So that was my 17. What was yours, Merzane?
0: I brought, um, contrary to what a lot of people would probably think
1: to bring versus a Mystic
0: Attack list, I brought Steve and Sam. Uh, I brought Juggernaut, Toad, and Iron Man to round out my list. And I started the game with steve's leadership which is a very important way to phrase that
1: you sure did because you had a little versatile strategy tactics card action in your back (laughs) I
0: i have had versatile strategy in this list uh i think i had it in memphis when i played that the memphis version of this build and i never used it and part of it is i'm just not sure where to use that effect When's a good time to get early use out of Steve and then pivot? Um, and looking at the list I brought and looking at your list and kind of what we were dealing with, I felt like this is probably going to be the best time, especially like, and that's going to be the hard part because I know a little bit in like deeper meta call that you play a little bit more aggressive, yeah. And so characters are likely to daze, and if characters are likely to daze, Sam is likely to get a lot of value,
1: yeah. I mean, you definitely played that off of off of knowing me and stuff like that. And it's interesting because as the game played out very early on, right, it was it was you won priority and we both talked about, again, last week on the show, whoever won priority was going to set the tone and you did exactly what you do and will do. And, and, you know, again, it was one of those things where it wasn't a surprise or a shock or anything like that. And I knew it was going to happen you go get the middle book and then you turtle up with juggernaut right and yep. and you stayed kind of close to like you know maybe like a, a range three off of your or range two off of your deployment line if you want to give people kind of an idea of where spatially you were located and then you sent yep. toad over for one of the intrusions and then i think i had on the first turn i ended up with we I think we tied on points. I had two intrusions cuz lizard was on a wing and you had two books and an intrusion. So it kind of like worked out points-wise that we each had 3. And all in all, it was one of those things where early on and I think this was the 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 kind of the thing for me that was like it was a mistake. I was I could have recovered from it, but I chose not to apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so Early on, there was a, a dice roll that I went into Steve because you opened the game with Steve, and yep. I did my typical thing. Got strange of power. He teleported up, so I was within range to go on Steve. Actually, did I teleport up? I think I actually did my range five attack into Steve. I can't remember.
0: Um, you did your range. You did do your range five attack. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't. Because had one shot.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I didn't teleport up on this one. I don't know why I didn't do that, but eh, whatever. Uh, I think that it's because I couldn't reach you. I would have still had to move. I think is what it was. So
0: yeah, and I, I think you were worried about being in a very specific spot. Um, you you had like a very precise place in mind you wanted to stand. Yeah. Um, and you couldn't measure out that place because you needed the like you needed a, a range ruler to figure it out.
1: Exactly, that's what it was. And also the way you had it kind of lined up is you had. You were going to have priority again, and you had Steve, Sam, and Juggernaut, all three, kind of lined up, ready as like a little little punchline to, to just wreck coming into round two. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I was somewhat out of reach for some of them and whatnot, and so long story short, I move up, I roll the dice, and I'm going to get three damage on Steve, which, mind you, he has... Five stamina on his healthy side. And here is the thing I am really learning about myself, Mersane. <laughs> when it comes to Strange specifically, I am the greediest player in the world. I can, I can agree with this. <laughs> I'm over here like, uh, like talking myself into re rolling three damage. And it's one of those things where, you take three damage. You take the three damage. But I'm over here like, yeah, I can one shot him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and see, in my brain at this point, I'm like, rerolling is a terrible idea. You more than likely do not do more than you're doing and probably do less. And I'm just like, I'm not even going to like, I'm just going to let you talk yourself into this. I'm not talking yeah. you out of this. <laughs> yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, you just let me dig my own hole. <laughs> it's in the... It,
0: In the back of my brain, though, I'm like, but God, am I going to be pissed if he one shot Steve?
1: Yeah. And (laughs) it's, it's, I mean, that's how it goes, right? It's, and it's so funny because I normally, I don't know what it is. Like, it's just recently this development of I'm going to have a reroll and it's, and I'm going to just delete people. And it's like, no, no, this game does not work that way. And, and especially it's so funny because like I'm thinking in my head, okay, I'm going to move, I'm going to roll my five or six dice. And I'm gonna have a re-roll. So if it doesn't work out, it's cool. And and then I get no crits on the initial roll. And I'm like, oh, it's cool. I'll just roll it again. And I was, and I had like three damage. I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, stop re-rolling. You know? And it's it's just this 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 thing that's just built up in my brain. And and it really kind of hit me in this game with us. And then last night, uh, when I played that game in real life, I actually had a Tuesday night off. It was weird. And so I got to play local and Shout out to Cinnamon Rolo in the Discord. And, and I had this, like, I'm just going to be able to, to do whatever I want with Strange, and it's going to be awesome. And it's just not the case. And I need to get back to that, like, mindset of playing the smart game. Yes, I can be aggressive, but I also have to make sure that my aggression is in the right kind of mode. You know what I mean? So, yeah. long story short... I re-rolled the roll into zero damage. That's right. That's right. That happened.
2: <laughs> so Steve is, yeah. is just sitting there chilling.
1: And uh, and then Merzane, you take it away here because definitely some fun stuff happened for you on turn one too.
3: Um, <clears throat>
0: so my turn one, it's like you said, I just kind of tried to position just outside of the scenario so that you could uh you you could take most of the scenario and um i could clap back and respond so i literally set up juggernaut cap sam a little little ball iron man was off to one side with my other book um because i thought it would be really really funny to set up a sweet montesi beam with friday ai so one power to get an eight die uh energy beam yeah. And then Toad just wandered off to the right side. Um and I was like, cool, like we're gonna tie. Next round is gonna be the action. And next round is where I think the game is gonna is gonna pivot really hard. Um I don't think I did anything else that round
1: though. You did daze that, a wong. You dazed a wong. Oh, with, you're with right. A Sam I, that was round
0: I <laughs> You you set Shadowlands Daredevil in the middle, and I measured to him. I was trying to figure out one of th- two things: one, can I push him off the point, and can I ricochet into the ninjas because you used the ninjas to grab the books? Uh, if I if I daze the ninjas, I take away one of your ways to control Ironbound books, because that's like your primary way is to KO them with their action. Yep. And they can't do that if they're already dead and they don't have a Montessi book. So I'm pretty sure I just I recognized I wasn't going to be able to get right onto to Shadowlands Daredevil with a charge. Right. So I just decided to charge out of my deployment zone and hit Wong, who was behind a car like in most cases relatively safe. But against Captain America, Sam Wilson is apparently the least safe person on the planet because we just <laughs> one shot him.
2: Yeah, yeah. You
1: just don't one get shot. the
0: ricochet, <laughs> but
1: yeah. that's fine. Yeah, which you really wanted the ricochet because I think Wong was within range of the ninjas. So if you'd have been able to ricochet into the ninjas, it would have just completely ruined my plan because the the way what what Merzane's talking about. So, and this is one of those things where I've again every game is a learning game, people. So I've played this play so many times so like if anyone plays me in real life and I have Shadowlands Daredevil and and I've got like an extract that I can grab easily with the ninjas and I've got Wong it's happening like I'm not surprising anybody with this you know what I mean like it's not like it's a big shocking thing but most of the time Wong and the ninjas are kept relatively safe so what I do grab a book or a spider-infected whatever with a ninja and then move them back close to Wong. And then at the top of turn two, or whenever I feel like it's the right time, they pop their Ninja Vanish, give the book to Wong, and I've got Ironbound Books back because I played it in turn two, and I've got Ironbound Books back for turn three. So it's, it's really a nice little bit of um, like guaranteeing that I get the books back. So Merzane on turn one being able to days Wong, but more importantly potentially ko the ninjas would have been huge because then i don't get my play and i'm i have to pop books on turn two most likely and so then we're in a situation of all right is somebody even going to get ko'd so that i can use this you know kind of a situation so it was really interesting and it was a really great play on your part, zane i gotta say
0: Thank you. Yeah, I, I recognize that. Like, the the idea was I wasn't going to kill Wong. I was just going to do maybe one or two damage to him, maybe push him. Hopefully, daze the nin- or KO the ninjas, and then at least round three shouldn't have the books, right? Right. So shouldn't KO anyone round two, because that's the thing. Is like round three is typically your weird one as, as wizards, because no one gets usually gets KO'd round two. But we ended up just dazing long, and
1: you know what? We take what we can get. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Take what you can get. So we're not going to get into every little bit of the game here, but long story short, I've said long story short, I think, like three times now, because it is a long story. But a lot of things happen in this game, and... At one point, I had an opportunity to, and this is, I think, round two, teleport Doctor Strange into range of an area attack. Wait, no, this would have been, I don't know, at what was, yeah, this was round two. Uh, Do an area attack into Steve, Sam, and Juggernaut, because it was round three when you switched your leadership, right?
0: It was either round three or it was this round. I can't remember when. Yeah,
1: I can't remember when it was, but... One of the important things about versatile strategy is you have to have the character alive to switch the leadership because like it has to be Steve's activation, right?
0: No, he just has to
1: be alive to play. Okay. All right. So that's good to know then, but he has to be alive. She can't be dazed. Right? So I had a feeling that this was the turn where like, all right, I need to go do something, but he had juggernaut Steve and Sam kind of all right there. And, I could have gotten into an area to do an area attack and I would have felt okay about it, but I was like, man, if I lose strange here, it's kind of really bad for me kind of in the overall, cause I don't really have enough firepower in totality to deal with him. And I had Mordo kind of shade to the left. You know, I had Wong in the back, Shadowlands was in the middle and Lizard was off to the right. And that's another thing. Lizard and, and Mordo just need to stay attached at the hip. Like, regardless of what's going on, they need to be within range three of each other so that Mordo can just buff up Lizard. Because I feel like that is a big-time missed opportunity that I didn't take advantage of. So there's that. But either way, I changed my mind from putting Strange in this position to do this thing, which, again, like, if we go back and we think about if I had kept the three damage on Steve, this looks a lot better, And Potentially rolling seven dice into Sam with the full re-roll situation. And okay, Juggernaut's probably surviving, but you just, you just take that hit. You know what I mean? I think is, is the way I, would, I should have looked at that. And, and we talked about this a little bit on the video afterwards and how pivoting in this moment like I did was definitely not the right play, I think, in retrospect. Because what I ended up doing was going towards Iron Man, which we said on the podcast what is the best way to deal with Strange Supreme is throw energy attacks into him because he only has three energy defense. Yes, he still has the Mystic Armor of Strange, but it's only three energy defense. And Iron Man is exceptionally good at dealing with Strange. One, because he has the pushes, which is really nice. But two, because he can just fry AI and roll more dice. And, and that's just really good. So, all, all in all, this it kind of turned, I think you dazed strange turn two and everything just kind of, you know, went belly up a little bit on turn two. And then I had an opportunity to come back turn three. I was able to, one of the most fun things I've ever done. And for whatever reason, it's always Mordo now just decides to choose violence. So Mordo goes through a portal and then he's got, I think it was there's Lizard over here on the right side and Juggernaut and then Toad had had run away with a book. And I go through the portal and I'm like, OK, cool. I'm going to have priority if I daze Toad and and then Juggernaut sitting right here. And I think you would heal Juggernaut or something.
0: I, I had used. Uh, so to- I think Toad was getting ready to run away with Juggernaut's book. May have been what it was.
1: No, he. Ju- Toad was already kind of far enough away, but he was still within range four of Mordo.
0: Yeah. And he... Uh,
1: One health left.
0: I, yep. Uh, when you dazed Toad, we healed Juggernaut. Yes. Because <laughs> you'd kind of beaten up on him.
1: Yes, I think. And he had, what, four health left? Three or four something like that. Three or, three like or that. four, right? So, So I'm sitting there. Toad is dazed. Juggernaut has three or four health left. Mordo... I'm like, okay cool. Well, he's got five defense dice. I'm only rolling four dice. Cool. This should be this should be okay, right? I'm better put a little, put a little more damage into jugs. That way, maybe the top of the next turn, I can kind of finish off jugs and, uh, you know, have a little bit of, of fun time here. And again, at this point, you're playing Sam's leadership. So Mordo rolls his four dice, hoping to hex. I'm like, you know what? I don't care what happens. I just want to hex you, I even said that, and yep. uh I don't remember how many successes I rolled, but let's just say, jugs went down like a chump,
0: at least four,
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: yeah, I had at least four on four dice, and I'm like, oh no <laughs> so so I ended up dazing jugs, giving you back priority, and then it was just, yeah, I mean, you ended up taking the win. It it was a really good game back and forth in the overall, but it was one of those moments where I was just like, Oh man, this is just brutal. And, and I really tried to find a way to, to come back and everything, but you did a good job of controlling lizard late in the game. And then, you know, just keeping me at a distance that I couldn't really affect things as much as I wanted to.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: So, yeah, I mean, it was a great game and, and I, I definitely got a lot out of it from it. And man, Mordo has just been choosing violence lately.
0: He has, he, he was your MVP. I'm uh, the last Montessi uh, intrusions game. So when he teleported across the map and one shot, two characters, I won like, wasn't super surprised and also slightly terrified that he would just continue. This is a uh, reign of terror.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. It was wild. It was wild. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe he got through jugs. That was the thing. like, like, all I wanted was wild, and I think I rolled, like, a two wilds or something. It's like, I got the hex, and then it's like, yeah, but he's dead, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, our, our three threats are what really carried a lot of the game, right? Because, like, your Mordo, days the two biggest, two of the hardest of Daze characters on my team, but Iron Man literally, in two attacks, killed Strange.
1: Yes, he did, in one two attacks.
0: It was one Friday AI repulsor blast to Daze, and then on the next round... Friday AI Montesi beam, yes. Eight died. Shot just out of out of the game.
1: Yep. It was funny. It was it was just like boop boop, and he's gone. And and then you, I remember you you went into Mordo with a Friday AI like regular repulsor blast, and you you didn't roll particularly well. Or no, I think you had four successes on your on your attack roll, something like that. And I and I blocked like a madman with Mordo, so he took no damage. <laughs> it was like. What the heck? What the heck? Mordo was definitely the MVP. Just like I think Iron Man was your MVP.
0: Yeah, Iron Man was probably most. I think he was my MVP of that game. Uh, Being able to trade with a five point model and then the rest of the team just needs to like average out more than enough.
1: Oh, yeah. And and, and that's the thing. I just kept chipping away at Iron Man. And it's so funny because I even said it at the end of the game. I'm like, you know, I know what the shtick is with Iron Man. The, the, the shtick is, you chip him to death, right? Like that's 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 what's he, what's good about him. You just chip away at him, and he stays there, and he does stuff. The problem is, I get that little brain of mine saying, I can one shot him. And and ultimately, yep. that, that's what you need to do into a character like that. But it's just really hard to do. Kind of funny. Yep, that's like
0: I I had I was in a position where I had to put juggernaut into lizard and juggernaut wants to one-shot people and uh like i think the first attack he did he did four damage in a lizard which yeah. is fantastic that's a that is honestly a lot of damage into lizard in one attack yeah uh but it's not nearly enough and i'm like yeah juggernaut's like probably never going to actually finish off lizard <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank goodness for all the throws
0: yeah all the throws he had a book at one point so he yeah. was reading on him and stuff yep Lizard's like, oh, God, I'm a lizard. I don't know how to read.
1: <laughs> no, he's a doctor. Dr. Lizard. Dr. Lizard. So, anyways, yeah, it was a great match. And uh, I don't think there's anything other than, I mean, you know, Merzane ended up taking the victory in, in in what was closer than I thought it would be. But also, I knew it was over kind of after Strange went down like a chump and after I made that bad decision with him. But uh, it was a really good game.
0: It was very fun. And yeah. It, that, that pivot turn you had where you dazed toad and juggernaut. That was certainly like an opportunity to come back in the game. Um, I think I said it on the street on the, on the, on the video too. Like I was most likely going to win if you didn't make something happen. And now you made it about like dice. Like now we actually have to roll for it and play the game. Exactly. Uh, I can't, ro- I can't run
1: away with it. I was, exactly.
0: I think I was still mostly advantaged like attrition wise. But you had more points than me, and I had to come back.
1: Yeah, and and, and it was definitely, that's what it was, is after Strange went down, and, and that's another thing, like, you know, if you're playing Strange Supreme, especially Convocation-led Strange Supreme, I can't talk. You really want to just go after him. And it's not always wise to go after him with physical dice, but it's also sometimes not the worst play. Like, I, I would... Highly recommend you don't, just in general, especially if the books are up. But if the books aren't up, get him out of there. Because he, he really is a, a pivotal... At least, maybe this is just me. You know, I can't speak for every Convocation player, obviously. Just me and my Convocation. He's a pivotal part, and I try to keep him safe most of the time, and it just doesn't always work out that way.
2: So. I mean,
0: worst case scenario, every other round he scalpels somebody. And that either means a double attack from him or sending one of your guys into the shadow realm.
2: Just <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> making them leave. And I, that can be game-changing. There, there are games that are decided by a single push. Uh, yeah. And being able to uh, to place someone range three can nullify activation sometimes without rolling dice.
2: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've done it before. So just yeah. uh yeah, let me tell you, it's uh it can be punishing. So he's uh he's a lot. But there anything else about our game that you want to talk about before we move on to your upcoming matchup?
0: Um, other than it was fun. It was a really good game. Uh i it, it I just I can't stress enough that it was very fun. It uh, really was. And that's that's what this game is all about.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's always nice when you're playing your friends, too, because you're a lot more comfortable with people that you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's, it's just it's, one of those things.
0: It's only sad that it's that it's the league and we, one of us, two two of us entered, only one of us could
1: have shots at the cuts. That's right. And look, I had it last year, so I figured I'd let you have it this year. I appreciate it. (laughs) I just have to make it one more round. One more. One more. You got this, Boo. You got this. So speaking of this round, why don't we go through your opponent's list here?
0: Yeah. So for the first time this season, which will be weird because I'm sure some people have played this list a whole lot against uh, Shadowlands Daredevil. Uh, The characters they're taking are Baron Zemo, Black Cat, Bullseye, Hood, Killmonger, Luke Cage, Malekith, Mystique, Shadowlands Daredevil, and Winter Soldier. Their tactics cards are All According to Plan, Brace for Impact, Dark Reign, Deception, Follow Me, Heroes for Hire, Hood's Gang, Sacrifice, Smash Up, and Usurp the Throne. Uh, Crises are.
1: just smash not smash up what did I say you said smash up oh smash up fun game by the way I I have not
0: played it but I have heard it's great yeah it's fun deadly meteors mutate civilians intrusions open across city as seals collapse and mutant madman turns city center into lethal amusement park as it secures extracts are fear grips world as worthy terrorized citizens hammers Uh, The spider-infected invade Manhattan, and struggle for the cube continues.
1: Okay, so first thing I think we got to talk about here, Merzane, is uh, we have Tiger Daddy. Eye of the Tiger. Yep, it's the Eye of the Tiger Daddy, Meowlikith, as he's been affectionately referred to. (laughs) That's adorable. Does he need (laughs) belly rubs? Obviously. I mean, he wouldn't be so angry if he got the belly rubs. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, so... Here's the question. The first thing I got to ask you is this guy likely to play Malachith?
0: I have no idea. I have not played against Malekith yet. All of my experience into Malekith is uh, um, theory at best. (laughs) Right. So I'm not super familiar with what he's probably going to be going for. I I know it's going to be murder. Like if Malekith hits the table, he's chosen violence.
2: Well, yeah, of um,
1: course. But... It's worth he noting. Has, okay. He has enough Cabal characters to play Malachis' leadership.
0: Yeah, and he's got Dark Rain, so it's a thought in his head at least. Um, so there is a distinct possibility I get the I get the Turbo Kitty. Um, and I'm not sure what the plan is in that case.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, when I look at his crises... His secure crises tell me Malakiths in play. His extract crises tell me Shadowlands Daredevil's here to stay.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I'm just... This is a weird... This is a really weird list. It's probably the first I've played against this season that's like a really pivot-heavy list. Um, so locking down what I, what I want to do ahead of time is going to be weird. I'm going to have to do... Uh, what I normally do and that's just figure it out on the fly
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah
1: it doesn't work out so good for me but uh, when I'm looking at this and when I'm seeing seeing here and just kind of my general evaluation All right, if you get deadly meteors or intrusions he probably wants to bring Malekith because it's a slower game and it's a bit of a fight and I think if he brings Malekith you do have the tools I think to kind of burn him down
3: Slowly, I think.
0: Yeah, I kind of think so. Um, I, I definitely think that this is going to be a, um, a, an Iron Fist game, too.
1: Oh, definitely. So remind me to, to, that when we're talking about some stuff for me later, I have some thoughts, too. So, yeah, I think Iron Fist is really interesting because being able to potentially activate a Malekith here would be insane. Oh yeah, and then you also he, have Heroes he for Hire, right?
0: Yeah, Heroes for Hire is the only way he has to stop me from, uh, putting the Turbo Kitty in a headlock. So I, that that's probably something I have to watch out for. Like,
2: <laughs> I right. can't
0: play into Heroes for Hire because that would be uh, a big waste of eight power and setup.
2: Right. Right. But. And-
1: what I'm, what I'm thinking is, though, like, you could potentially, to, in order to get yourself to that power and maybe get Malekith thinking, well, I need to deal with Iron Fist, which you don't necessarily want to put Iron Fist in a bad position, but you have your own heroes for hire. So, like, okay, hey, Malekith, you're coming into Juggernaut, Steve, Sam, Black Panther, whoever, wh- whatever character you bring. Hey, okay, well, I'm going to heroes for hire that, and now you're going into Iron Fist and then you're thrown, right? Because doesn't Heroes for Hire have the throw too? Yeah. And so, it's a
0: May throw as well, so if I don't want to, I don't have to.
1: Right, but then you could potentially take out someone on his team with that throw. Like, I think that's just really interesting and spicy.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and it's also not bad into Shadowlands Daredevil, right? Because uh, having bodyguards is an interesting way to beat rapid-fire characters sometimes. So if right. I bodyguard... And they're out of range, especially with like Heroes for Hire, because Heroes for Hire can place Iron Fist. Right. So Iron Fist could like place himself behind a building, out of line of sight, or uh, outside of range. So the follow-up attack doesn't happen. And then Heroes for Hire is also really impactful, because then it'll throw them, and then they don't get the th- they don't get the, uh, the double, the second action into right. whoever they originally
1: shot. And also worth noting, it is a size three throw, so no, you would not be able to throw uh, Malekith. Oh, true, yeah. But I just I, I looked at the card just because I was I thought it might be size restricted. So there you go. And I'm sure someone out there listening immediately as soon as I said yeah, and you could throw. I was like no no, it's only size three. We got it.
0: I mean, I just I just forgot it was size four.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> but come on, the the run is clearly enormous. It's huge, but so, it's adorable. I still think that that's a a solid solid play though because like if you do get a little damage onto. Iron Fist, it's not terrible for you because then you're gaining that power and you're putting the threat of the Iron Fist on the table sooner. Yep. And I think that matters. I think that the 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 head game of, hey, I've got Iron Fist locked and cocked and ready to rock.
3: You something know, like that.
1: <laughs> something. There. There's some kind of phrase there. But, uh, I mean... I, I think this is a, is one where like for you, Zane, and I want to see what you think about this. Like Sam Wilson might be interesting for you here.
0: I think it's going to depend on scenario. So the juggernaut Steve play is uh really good for get, making him come to me, which is what I want. Like, again, right. I don't want to come to him. So there's potential if we get like cube or spider infected or stuff like that. Um, I do versatile strategy again, because I don't think I think Steve is a fine inclusion with the bodyguard to mess up uh, Malakith or um, Shadowlands Daredevil's plays. So pretty solid. Juggernaut's pretty solid, I think. Um, I think I want to get him away from (laughs) (laughs) Malakith. Yeah. But then I think it'll also be really good to have Sam for the late game. And that also lets me have some range and some power to beat up on his lesser characters. So like seven points of Malekith is a lot of investment for one character. Yeah. And that seven points ha- only has two actions every round. And they can, they can be very potent actions. But if I can start limiting his action economy on the rest of the game by dazing or KOing characters, uh, Malekith probably doesn't just solo the game unless he gets like all of the cubes on him and then he's just dying. Right. And so I think that there is an argument to be made that depending on the matchup or the, the crisis setup and the point cost, I can just ignore Malakith for the most part, just kind of tank him, take it on the chin when I have to, and just go beat the crap out of all of his other dudes.
1: So I definitely think that that's an option for you. I will say, again, obviously, crisis situation is paramount here. And it's really hard though. To avoid Malakith with his mobility, his, his charging you know, ferocity, or whatever it's called. And it's really hard to get out of range of that. But if you can limit that to be like, okay, well, he's going to have to move and then ferocity, then, then you're in business. And I think that, like a character like Juggernaut, you don't want to give Malakith an opportunity to throw Juggernaut with that ferocity and to just go into Juggernaut in general. You don't necessarily want to give him an opportunity to, but Juggernaut having a do-you-know-who-I-am opportunity I think is really strong. And yeah. when we look at the cards that our opponent has, he doesn't have an indomitable. So, whatever Malakith goes on this throw, he's going there. You know what I mean? Yep. And then if he does daze... Juggernaut, well, then you've got a medium throw on your injured side, so. Mm-hmm. I don't, I th- I kind of think that's interesting. I think Juggernaut's interesting here.
0: juggernauts Juggernaut, is his is this backside throw size four or size uh, three? It's remember.
1: size three. So that's unfortunate. Read your cards, people. <laughs> Reading the card explains <laughs> Look, the card. It's, I've never had Juggernaut on his injured side, so there you go. I don't need to worry about it.
2: It,
0: it's of. not often he gets there, but what he does, you realize
1: maybe he's just better on the backside. Yeah, yeah. So we're spending a lot of time talking about Malakith because I feel like that that that's just an interesting thing here. But when I look at this and I see, OK, he's got Mystique also with Deception. And I think that if he brings the Malikith and then he's going to have something like Mystique, Bullseye, Hood maybe, or Killmonger, depending on values and stuff like that, maybe Baron Zemo, stuff like that. And I think that all of those are, are characters you can somewhat deal with. But if he gets the deception off into you in a after you've like like if you win priority and you do the juggy shuffle and you go and you grab the thing and move back, and then he's able to deception you up and then Malekith just like moves, ferocity, throws juggernaut back into your line of stuff. Like I think that could be kind of brutal.
0: Yeah, this is more likely for that reason it's going to be a brace game. Um, yeah. It, and honestly, like that would be an ideal usage of deception for me. Uh, deception gets more and more scary the later the game goes. Like it's terrifying to think that he'll pull someone forward and then assassinate them. Yeah. But if he does that at first and fails, that's great because now um, I no longer have to position for it. I don't have to no longer have to worry about it or think about it. Um and so I can just kind of do my thing. Um and Mystique is also talking about taking juggernaut, she's also an interesting um kind of counter to juggernaut, like a lot of people don't think about because she's got the uh shapeshifter. He yep. can't use his uh nice punch to uh negate damage. And like chipping him is one way that you kill him because he'll typically roll pretty well and then he'll block a shot. And then, boom, you take one damage or no damage. But Mystique's like, cool, I'm going to rapid-fire you, which is ideal, and then you're not going to be able to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So, if especially in Shadowlands Daredevil, she's one I have to watch out for. Um, I can't let her get close to Juggernaut, because she might just uh, kill him, Yeah, (laughs) strangely enough.
1: Yeah. No, that could be really interesting. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, So... I think this is one where it's a priority sets the tone again situation. And yeah, when I look at this, I feel like if your opponent wins priority, you, you probably see Shadowlands, again, based on crisis selection, but I think Shadowlands is probably like his priority pick. And then if he loses priority, I could see him bringing Malekith because then he knows he's got to come to you.
3: Yeah, that could be true. Is that, I mean...
0: Yeah. That that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
1: it's it's just one of those things. Like that's just the feeling I get here, right? And because with Shadowlands, you're able to, like, okay, you've got spider infected. Okay, well, I'm gonna give one spider infected to Daredevil, one to the ninjas, and then they're gonna hang out. Okay, cool. If you don't go and get something, then you have an opportunity for you as a Shadowlands player to get another objective, and be that farther ahead, right? And and how do you how do you deal with your Avengers team as you make them come to you? If you know, in this instance. I do think that Merzane, you're uniquely set up to deal with the Shadowlands side of this roster because, you know, Steve, Sam, Juggernaut, fairly tanky. And then you've got characters like Vision who can come in. You've got Black Cat who can potentially steal some stuff for you, Baron Zemo. You know I feel like And then shoot Iron Man Iron Man I think is so good In this matchup Regardless of who you see Right Because The size unrestricted push On Malekith Yes please Yeah
0: I I think a lot of my characters Feel good Like Black Cat Might see an appearance Because of the stagger Being able to Yeah uh, Throw staggers at him Uh, Zemo's pretty good For the Not only the re-rolls But being able to like Charge the The weaker characters Like I mentioned You know Yeah Um There's a lot of ways that I can pivot this. Um, So I'm just going to have to really look at like our turn zero and really make a decision about, do I want to try to manage Malekith, which will probably be a point cost decision and like
1: priority and terrain and stuff. Okay. Let's, let's talk about this. So threat values, you've got his secures are 17, 19, 18 extracts are 18, 17, 17. Yours are 19, 18, 18 for secures and then 18, 17, 17 for extracts. So 17 is really in play here. Yes. What do you see him doing at 17? Like, let's, let's play this out. So. And and let's take it, take it from both angles. Let's take it from both angles. So. If he goes Shadowlands, what do you think his 17 looks like?
0: So if we have 17, that means... What's a good crisis scenario for that,
1: though? Well, so then it would be Spider-Infected, Cubes, or Montessi. It'd be be one of those three. And then Meteors, Intrusions, or Mutant Madman, or Spider Portals. Like the only possible one that's different. I mean, shoot, even if you have 17, it could be Deadly Meteors. But I, I could see something like Mutant Madman and Spider Infected very easily because you, you each have that in your list. So I probably want more mobile team. So I may not
0: do the turtle up strategy. I may do stuff like Zemo and uh, Black Cat to run around the board and harass the crap out of people. Yeah. Um, it, it's just going to It's such a hard decision. I'm thinking of like so many variables, right? Like. uh. Spread scenarios, I want to spread. So I want to harass little guys, and he probably doesn't bring Malekith. Uh I feel like on turtled up stuff is when I have to worry about him. So I probably want to spread it, right? Because I probably don't yeah. want to see Malakith if I can help it.
2: Yeah.
3: But it's just a,
0: like, there's just a lot. It's This is such a weird list. Not it is. in a bad way. I think it's really cool, but it's just so hard to plan for. Because every time I think, well, if I zig this way and, like, really lean on this, like, if I really lean on lots of, like, assassiny kind of characters, well, then I just get dumpstered by Malakith because they're not going to be able to kill him. Right. But if I take a bunch of control from Malakith, I probably don't have the speed to, like, and, like, the range to, like, really get in and beat a whole bunch of little guys trying to shoot me with uh, stupid guns from Daredevil.
2: Yeah.
1: So... I also think that the, the Malakith splash into Daredevil is definitely a possibility, but I think if he does that, like, probably okay with it.
0: Yeah, I'm very okay with it. <laughs> and,
1: and then, so, I really do think it all comes down to the crisis, and I think if you win priority, looking at these crises options here, what do you pick?
3: I probably pick my secures. I would think so, too. Yeah, I think I
0: like the idea of being able to control um getting that early lead, and I can get a much better lead with his extracts than mine. Yeah. Um I can help deny Malekith books because he don't he doesn't have like two ways to beam me. Oh yeah. Uh um and everything but intrusions, Zomet so meet Mad Men and Portals for him are both sort of spread. So Hopefully that means that Malekith has less uh, dominance over the table because I probably won't be like turtling really hard. Uh, And that'll dictate that I probably play like a little bit more of a spread list. We'll still see Juggernaut and stuff. Yeah. But I might decide on like Zemo or Black Cat if the point costs fit. um, Yeah. So I can try to control or kill whoever I want to.
1: I like it. I think this is a really interesting matchup in the overall, and it's one where I know your no streaming thing is a thing, but I definitely wish <laughs> that we could see this because I think it's interesting. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, maybe he'll record it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully it'll be somewhere on the interwebs. But is there anything else you want to say about this matchup in the overall? I'm excited for it. Um,
0: I think it's going to be fun. I like seeing interesting lists. I like playing against interesting lists. Um, What really gets me about this is this isn't uh, an auto win gimmick list. Like I've been seeing a lot of people talk about lately in the overall competitive community, Um, which is not very fun to play against because nothing's fun about someone like doing the same move. They did 600 times before to like auto win stuff like legacy virus or right. Old herbs and stuff like that. Um, this is a really cool list that's designed to be very interactive. Um, Shadowlands Daredevil is kind of like that. Shadowlands Daredevil wants to kill you, and like he's better at it. So like your puzzle is how to how to beat him first. Yeah. Um, and I'd rather get like murdered off the table, uh, than gimmicked from the deployment zone.
2: <laughs> so, right.
1: For sure. Uh,
0: I'm really happy that my last game is gonna be something like that, and not uh, not something stupid.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it's awesome. And I think that, I think that this is one of those where it's like, it's really going to come down to the minutia of the match and, and everything that happens within the confines of the match more so than turn zero. But I do think it's helpful for the suits out there to kind of hear those thoughts on like, okay, if this is the crisis scenario set up, here's what we might do. If this point value comes up, here's what might come out. So I'm glad we went over some of that stuff.
0: Yeah, I think turn zero is going to be really important, but it's, like I said, there's so many variables. This is one where, like, I'm going to have to look at, like, everything on the time of, like, pulling the deployment or pulling the pulling the crises yeah. to really figure out what needs to hit the table. And even if I choose wrong, I don't think I lose. Um, I think what ends up happening is I just, like, I have to play well either way. Uh, maybe a little bit better if I choose the wrong loadout Uh, because if I have the proper tools to deal with them, it becomes a little bit easier. If I don't. uh, (laughs) I don't want to be trying to hammer a nail with a pocket knife.
1: Um, Seems like a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Especially when that nail is uh, attached to uh, a giant flying tiger uh, with the fury of a thousand
1: suns behind it. True story. Oh my gosh, that's, yeah, for sure, for sure. So with that, Merzane, would you like to pivot now and let's talk about uh, my matchup, if you will, but more, more so my list changes that I'm potentially sure. going with here? Yeah. Okay, so first things first, I do want to give a shout out to my opponent it's Brad he is a suit thank you Brad for joining us and all that fun stuff so I'm really excited to to play another friend met this guy in real life awesome dude so I'm stoked one thing though so looking at his list which we had talked about ahead of time like are we going to pull on play our lists or are we going to change things up and I was like well look I'm trying to prepare for Nashcon so I wouldn't mind a couple little changes I'm not going to make too much but You know, do whatever you want. It's going to be fun no matter what. So just in terms of what he was playing, he's been playing Avengers. He had Black Panther, Captain America, Sam Wilson, Captain America, Steve Rogers, and yes, he has versatile strategy, Captain Marvel, Hulk, Iron Man, Luke Cage, Ms. Marvel, Scarlet Witch, Toad. Tactics were Avengers Assemble, Brace for Impact, Heroes for Hire, Mission Objective, No More Mutants, Patch Up, Ricochet Blast, Smash, The Whims of Chaos, And yes, versatile strategy. Secures were Deadly Meteors, Mutant Madman, Spider Portals, then Spider Infected, Cubes, and Montessi. So, I don't expect to see all of that be the same, but I don't imagine that he's going to pivot too hard. So, kind of keeping in mind that he's probably going to play some form of Avengers, maybe have a versatile strategy plan. Keep that in mind. Yeah. And then, my list now, though. So... The biggest thing I've been talking about throughout this season, what is that, Merzane?
0: You can't just catch me off guard like that. You know my brain doesn't work like that. <laughs> yes, I can. You know, it's, as soon as you asked that question, it turned to mush and started draining out of my ears.
1: Yeah, this is true. Well, it's Black Swan and what to do about that slot specifically in my list, right? Oh, true, yes. So Uh,
0: the previously awarded to Juggernaut previously awarded to
1: Hulk previously awarded to right Uh, many other people. (laughs) So I have black Swan in my list currently, but I, and I really want to stress the fact I like black Swan a lot. I find her to be very fun. She is very dangerous a lot of the time. And, and I, I feel like there's very often that I get, a lot of use out of her. However, I do think that her, her midnight field or whatever it's called, where she can change wilds into blanks on defense and stuff while strong in certain circumstances, it just hasn't paid off for me except for one time. I've had it pay off one time. And it's one of those things where she just kind of goes down a little too easily for me. And because her, strike and everything dies are both range two it makes things very difficult in terms of protecting her from the range perspective okay so i'm thinking one of the things that it would help me i still like the idea of a five threat character in this slot because at 18 or 19 i can put this five threat character in and feel pretty good about it and I've still got Juggernaut, still got Lizard. So my list right now that I'm potentially going to run this week, Ancient One, Mordo, Strange Supreme, Dr. Voodoo, Wong, Shadowland Daredevil, Magic, Juggernaut, Lizard, and then here's the change, Ghost Rider. So Ghost
0: Rider is an interesting one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I thought so too. And I feel like the reason why Ghost Rider is interesting is... It gives me an opportunity to have my opponent potentially focus on Ghost Rider while the rest of the team does things. If he doesn't focus on Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider should be able to get places, be mobile enough, and do the things he needs to do to, to be good, right? And like potentially hexing people, range three energy chains of damnation, you know, maybe get a strong penance stare out of somebody, his mobility with hell on wheels. I kind of really like all this stuff. And yeah,
0: then, I, a funny thing is like out of most splash characters you bring, he's one of the few that can actually use your, uh, your leadership's, uh, re-roll.
1: Oh yeah. You using the reroll, but also using the placement. Okay. You, you did one damage to ghost rider. Well, now he's going to place within range one and maybe be out of range. Ooh, also playing a Poldock. Oh, yeah. I mean, playing a Poldock with a pennant stare would be so nasty.
2: Yeah, so. I
0: like the, the Ghost Rider. It's it's a different one because most people bring like a heavy physical attacker or defender. But you have Juggernaut to fill that role if you need it. Right. So he's like a weird, interesting tech piece uh, that's going to ask some really hard questions.
1: Right. And, and that's the thing. And I would also be bringing his um, deal with the devil card. Because nine times out of ten, again, threat value and everything dependent, I'm going to have a Wong. And most of the time, Wong's okay. Like, pretty healthy for most of the game. So, well, guess what? Now, Wong has just become another Ghost Rider. Yep. And the question I have for you, Merzane, is what tactics card do I drop for deal with the devil? Is it Orb of Agamotto? Because I think it's Orb of Agamotto.
0: Ooh, I don't know about that. Orb of is really
3: good.
1: Yeah, but I never um. use it. Here's, here's the thing. So the reason why I say that, right? My standard loadout of cards, and in this one, he has a Hulk, potentially. You know, he has a Luke Cage. He has Ms. Marvel. He has Scarlet Witch who has a throw, right? He's got all these people that can throw things. So my standard loadout isn't going to change, really. It's going to be Ironbound Books, Race for Impact, Indomitable. Those three, bop, bop, bop. And then we've got playing a pole dock at number four. So that fifth card is dependent on the crisis. I like the idea of eyes on the prize if I get the right crisis set up. I like the idea of escort to safety if I lose priority and I want to have, you know, people stay safe. then obviously bar with no doors but I'm not counting that I always get that so like that that fifth slot is the tech slot and Orb of Agamotto just never sees the table for me not because it's not a good card it is a good card but it just never sees the table for me because I don't feel like I've got the right opportunity to use it I'm generally at this point only bringing three Convocation-actually-affiliated characters in Supreme, Mordo and Wong. Maybe I'm overthinking it.
0: Maybe. Um, Was Escort in your four that you typically bring? Because I don't think it was.
1: It's not. It's only there in certain matchups. Because Escort to Safety
0: might be an interesting one that you don't really need. Um, I don't know. I, I, I see what you're saying with you don't have... Because I was thinking the same thing before you said it was, you really don't have enough characters like orbit. Like you typically only have three. So yeah. it's not a whole lot of people. And typically the three you bring are like not going to have enough power to do it.
1: Exactly. Cause I'm burning through it.
0: So maybe it, it just hurts to not have that extra little bit of pushing power for the late game if you need it. Right. Uh, but if you've been doing fine without it, then I, I'd say, you know, Ghost Rider has some pushing power for the late game if he's
1: still alive. <laughs> exactly. you should be. <laughs> well, yeah. And if I have deal with the devil, then it's like, okay, well, he definitely should be alive. So, one way or another, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, with all this, I don't think I changed my crisis setup. I don't think I changed anything like that. I'm, I'm happy with those things in the overall. Spider Portals hasn't really... Every time I've played it, I've lost, just for the record. So, I've been considering... Changing out Spider Portals for Deadly Meteors. I continually think about that.
0: I don't think you want Deadly Meteors. But I, don't, I think yeah. you want Extremis first.
1: It's, that's what I thought too. But I don't know if I feel like having Wong just sit on a back point where he can't... Like being able to have Wong score that point in Spider Portals and then move around is very valuable. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Spider Portals for now. Yeah. But it's definitely on the chopping block. All right. So all this to say, that's that's my kind of potential, like, that's my simple change. That's my, like, we're not going to blow it up change. Do you have any thoughts on on any of this? Like, just the ghost rider deal with the devil thing?
0: No, I don't think you need to make, like, huge sweeping changes. I feel like you, you get success out of what you've brought, and you're kind of, like, just tuning at this point. Like. There's no reason to throw the baby out with the bathwater and start all over
1: yet. Okay. Uh, so, so you say that. You say <laughs> that. But I definitely made a list that I'm, it's, it's maybe there's a little bathwater. Hopefully the baby's still there though. And, uh-huh. and I want to go over it because I feel like that this is one of those like when you're tournament prepping or when you're kind of doing your list and like I'll explain some of these choices as I go through it because it's all kind of built around some of the lessons learned through this season and since I've been playing this convocation so much okay so just bear with me we've got Ancient One,
3: Baron Mordo, Strange Supreme, Dr. Voodoo, Wong, Nick Fury, Juggernaut, Ghost Rider, Lizard, Strap in OG Strange. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So, that, if you're, for those of you keeping track at home, that's one, two, three, four, five threat characters. <laughs> I know. I, I know it's stupid, but. A lot of big boys. It, there's, there's a reason. So, tactics cards, ironbound books, plane of pole dock. Bar with no doors. Do you know who I am? Brace and indomitable. Deal with the devil. Eye in the sky. Escort to safety. Eyes on the prize. The tactics cards are definitely, there's room for change. And then my crises are the same as they were before. Demons, intrusions, portals, spider portals. And then hammers, spider infected Montessi. So, let's start by discussing the Nick Fury change. From Shadowlands, because what did we talk about in our match just a few minutes ago? If you disrupt, if you disrupt my pass off, if you're able to, and and yeah, that's you, and not everyone's gonna have the tools to do that, but the fact that it's even possible to disrupt my handoff is huge. And then in my previous matchup with Tilapia, so. I, could, I felt like I couldn't move my ninjas up to get the objective because if I did, they would just die and then I wouldn't have books back for, for my next turn, right? And one of the things I've been noticing is I've played a lot of Shadowlands. I've gone through this stuff. Like, I and that's Another thing, I like Shadowlands. I like the damage potential that he can do. He, he's somewhat tanky. He survives the hits that he needs to survive most of the time. So I like a lot of factors here and I like the, the play like I've been talking about. I like that play. But one of the, the liabilities is after the ninjas go down that first time, the only way to bring them back is through an attack and they come back in with an activated token. So that means they cannot interact with objectives in any way. So even if there is an extract on the ground, they can't pick it up. So therefore, they can't ninja vanish. Follow my train of thought. Well, Nick Fury is able to place his brunts down, his shield ninjas, as our friend Leland likes to say, place them down, immediately interact with an objective. Yeah, they can't pass it off and die. But the fact that they can keep me in the points game in that way, I think is very valuable. And then they become a more high value target for my opponent to go after.
0: I think I'm the wrong person to ask because I despise Nick
1: Fury. <laughs> Look, I, I hate the fact that I'm including grunts in my list because I, I just don't like grunts. It, it's it's just a, it's not for me in terms of like. What I want this game to be. However, in terms of what I'm playing, it's <laughs> very useful.
3: I don't know. I think that um, like
0: with the ninjas, like I talked about in our matchup, like round three is awkward for you always because people don't typically die around two and then they die around three uh, because you don't have books. And then you get books for round four. And then sometimes it's too late. I think that like you only need to do the ninjas once. That's all you need them for. And Shadowlands I think does more for you than Nick. Like I think Nick's grunts do more than Shadowlands grunts like in terms of output. But Daredevil has he's really tanky uh, you know generally for Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh the stealth is extremely relevant. Oh yeah. Um especially with your placement being able to like stealth the second shot um He's really mobile, which is something that, like, you kind of lack sometimes is a lot of mobility. Yep. Uh, so, I don't know. I think that Shadowlands works a lot better for you. I think Nick is really good in very, like, specific things for you, but I feel like he's not worth the slot, especially if you're dropping the, the Daredevil.
1: Yeah, and and it's tough. I mean, really, it is. it's a tough decision. I understand where you're coming from on that. And and it would change the play pattern a little bit because like my normal fun thing that I do would be you know grab the home objective whatever that is with the ninjas, and then let Shadowlands be on the middle if I don't feel too threatened by what my opponent has right like obviously you don't do that into Black Order Malakith insert super deadly team, but in the most part he's pretty safe on that midline Daredevil is usually. The, the difference with Nick would be I would have Nick grab the home one and then Nick's grunts go grab the middle one and then they die and and give it back to me, right? But you're right about the turn three part. like That's the part that I have to really account for. And with Nick's grunts, I can't account for that because, again, they come in with an activated token. The only nice thing about them is that they get to grab an objective when they come in. So I do think it changes the play pattern a little bit. And I think that I would need more reps with it before I would commit to this. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, but, but he's definitely a thought. Now, let's talk about the other red caped man in the room. The other Doctor Strange. Okay. So, mm-hmm. like I said last night, I played into Malekith. Strange Supreme into Malekith is nice when he survives but Malakith rolls seven energy defense on his Blade of Midnight and definitely kind of put the fear in me a little bit. And I think that OG Strange being able to potentially displace Malakith, right? His uh, Bolts of Bedevilment, if it does damage, he gets to push short. So, you know, not guaranteed that he's going to do damage, but that's pretty decent. The re-roll, he's got the Shield of the Seraph, he's going to gain the power, but then he's going to... What? Don't get the re-roll. Not against Malakith. Oh, yeah. Not against Malakith. There you go. So, no re-roll there. See, that's terrible. I hate it. But, <laughs> either way, I don't feel terrible in, about that, but the thing that's, that I think is nice is like stacking the healing and then the, the defense buff that OG Strange can do. So, like, okay, Malakith, you're going to come into Strange. I've got four energy defense. Well, now that becomes six energy defense you know yeah, and like I think that if we expect to see Malekith at Nashcon I think OG Strange is an interesting choice there and then the piece de resistance for why OG Strange is here Crimson Bands of Sidorak I was about to say I mean that is straight up anti-Malekith tech and I should be able to do it you know what I mean
0: yeah Especially with like Mordo, I think like even without the rerolls, like Mordo buffing your attack uh your attack dice so that you can like get the quote quote guaranteed push on him like makes
1: a big difference. Absolutely, and Also
0: more chances to do the uh
1: the activation right and and that's the thing so so Crimson Bands is less reliable than like an iron fist, right? like the iron fist is going to activate Malekith. Crimson Bands is... You've got to have a crit, a wild, and a hit. With no re-rolls, it's way harder to get. Believe me. Oh, yeah. But it's still valuable because it applies the stagger condition. And for four power, I don't think that's a bad thing. Stagger
0: for four power at range three is pretty good.
1: Right. And then, again, you brought Mordo into the equation. Mordo buffs that up, make it eight dice... I kinda think that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a a good plan. So um, I next. think that uh I think that like having the the control option too in some matchups, not just the Malekith matchup, is a nice little flex that you can bring.
1: Absolutely. Now, granted, I've been playing so much Supreme lately, I don't really know all of the matchups I would drop OG into right now as a convocation player. You know what I mean? But uh, I definitely yeah. think there's some play there in general. It's just finding those matchups. But here's the question then, Merzane. So, like, I, I'm really kind of liking the idea of OG Strange. On my previous list, so the one we talked about a few minutes ago, does this... does Is there room for OG Strange here?
0: Um, I think... OG Strange has to take the spot of Ghost Rider. I agree. Because what did, what did what did you take out for Doctor Strange?
1: So Magic.
0: Oh, well, I don't know. Like. Hmm. Let me think about this for a second. So if you take out magic, that make gives you room for having Orb back. And I think that OG Strange is one of the characters that really likes Orb.
1: Yes, I agree. Um so if we drop, because you have eye in the sky. Well, so this is this is on like I don't think I'm gonna do the crazy blow up, which would be Nick Fury for Shadowlands. I think I'm still taking Shadowlands yeah. to Nashcon.
0: Well, what I was gonna say was I think that if you just go with the Shadowlands and drop eye in the sky and get orb back, I think that feels really good because like magic is great, but I feel like you haven't used her a lot lately. I haven't. And I feel like I feel like a lot of her matchups. Are also helped by Strange primary. Um like you're kind of tent-pulling your control a little bit, but I th- I think what you would have to do is use uh voodoo more. And I think voodoo with um with OG Strange feels a little better because he can buff voodoo and it also heal him when he's
1: hurting. right. Right. And and that's kind of what a thought process is there too. I think OG Strange helps kind of in the overall. Now, dropping Magic definitely takes down some of my punch a little bit in certain matchups, but like, you know, Magic's here for like the wide scenarios, right? Like, Spider Portals, Mutant Madman, Infinity Formula, her mobility is really nice in those situations. But I'm still, like you said, not using her very often. And, when we look at like threat values and stuff like that, like that's, that i think really needs to be the core of this discussion is threat value because if i have four five threat characters in a list i am pigeonholed into certain threat values
3: right uh maybe
1: so let's i don't know let's see let's take magic out and put og strange in her slot in my regular list and let's go through and and see what my threat values look like. So let's start with fourteen.
3: So you can run, ancient one, Mordo, Voodoo. For eleven, and then lizard. Interesting. So or, not, uh, not one of the
1: strangest.
0: So no strange there. If you drop. Lizard and Ancient One, you can pick up a Strange and pick up Wong.
1: Yeah, which I still don't think is particularly strong on short, on Sword,
3: but... You could drop...
0: Yeah, that seems... Because like Voodoo helps... You don't necessarily have to have Five Wide on Sword. I think that's a weird thing that people always assume i agree Voodoo kind of makes it a 4v4 anyway yeah uh ancient one has a lot of really weird push shenanigans that you can help with uh she just and you don't care that they have lower defenses because sword doesn't matter
1: right exactly
0: um we said more yeah mordo and lizard like everyone's got really good roles Mm -hmm. to play like you that's some very potent characters uh all in one like Mordo is the only supporting kind of character, but he can get the he can get down if he needs to. Yeah,
1: he can't. Oh, your juggernaut can attest. So, okay, that sounds fine at 14, 15. We can can Uh, get a little spicy, right? But ancient one becomes one of the Supremes or juggernaut or Ghost Rider.
0: You can't do juggernaut if you have lizard because you can't have you have to have you have to make affiliation.
1: So so here's, oh. so that's, that's the thing with this five threat thing is if I take out magic it means Lizard is on the board.
0: A lot more often, yeah. Yeah. Or you bring if you want to bring another flash, you had to bring Wong in more often.
1: Right, which is what I'm already doing. I'm already bringing Wong 90% of the time as it is because currently I'm playing this like 10 threat of Strange, Supreme, Mordo, Wong. Like, start with 10, and then season to taste.
0: Because you could do, like, you could do that with Juggernaut at 15, and that feels pretty decent.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't hate that on Gamma, either. You could do Ancient One,
0: Voodoo, Wong, Juggernaut.
1: <laughs> That'd be fun.
0: Or those three, and then one of, uh, one of the Doctors.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Uh sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen. I think you can start with one of the one of the doctors, then you have eleven more points. So you can go uh both fours and then lizard. You can go So so um,
1: I, I would wanna get Shadowlands in at this point at sixteen. So one of the doctors in Shadowlands
2: That one of the some-
0: Doctors, Shadowlands is nine. You need nine. two more affiliated characters at 16. You have seven points to work with. Um, Mordo, Ancient One, Mordo. Voodoo, Voodoo
3: and
1: Mordo. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. It's coming together. And then at 17, that's when I start to build with my 10 core and, and, and do things there. So, interesting. Yeah. I- I'm comfortable the rest of the way, 17 to 20. <laughs> That that I'm not too worried. It's those low points that I'm like freaking out about.
0: Yeah, I think you you have more limited options, but they're good options. Like a little bit more predictable. And I mean, like, worst comes to worst, you could take out Ghost Rider again and add back in Magic. Um, that's probably fine. But I I kind of really like there being the OG Strange control option.
2: Yeah.
1: And and it's not just for the Malakith matchup, but it's only one game. It was only one instance. My my guy had Malakith, Hood, Mordo, and Medusa, and I felt like OG Strange just would have had a a better chance against Malakith just in a vacuum. You know what I'm saying? Like the,
0: the theory is there,
1: right? The theory is there. So so that's like. I think uh, the reason for for this blow up change, and I actually think that yeah, I'm gonna put OG Strange in for Magic in this one. I'm gonna add her into my, or add him in to my main list here, and uh, and yeah, I think uh, I think that's solid. Now, what do I I put in for uh, Journey Through Limbo? Is that where Orb, Orb comes back?
0: Yeah, I, I think, think that right. OG Strange really likes Orb because he doesn't want to move around a lot. Yep. Um, so, and then like we're already talking about that his line of play automatically bring like automatically, but helps facilitate voodoo and voodoo also likes Orba Vagamato. So like an ancient one also likes likes Orba Vagamato. So like yeah, you start naturally getting into those characters that want to bring that um that tactic more often. Right. So you
1: probably get more youth out of it. Right. Last question. I think that also whenever I bring OG, I'm not locked into bringing playing a pole doc.
0: Yeah, because you don't have a lot of, um, mystic. Like, it's good, especially if you want to do the Plain of Poldock, uh, Ironbound books, but you're not going to be doing that to Malekith, which is one of your primary... You mean
1: Crimson Bands? Objectives. but Yes. Oh, uh, what did I say? You said Ironbound books.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, there's a lot of really weird names in that. There we are. Just, That's
1: why I like the Wizards, because they have the coolest names for stuff.
0: They do. It might be good against, like, with, with like, Ancient One and Voodoo still. Mm-hmm. Uh, Staff of Ligma is so good if you get a bunch of wilds. You said it wrong.
1: It's Staff of Ligma. It is Staff of Ligma. (laughs) Yes. No, Uh, I, I do agree. I think that there, it just, that's a matchup dependent thing. Because I agree with you. I think playing with Ancient One and Voodoo is still baller. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think this is interesting, and I think this is what I'm gonna gonna run this week and next week. Uh, oh wait, now this is the last week of the thing. Yep. Dang. Okay. Well, I'm gonna run this this week, and then hopefully get some practice games in with it with OG Strange a little bit, and uh, before NashCon, and then we'll see what happens. But before we finish this off, Merzane, because we are running a little long on time, I did get a show question about roster construction that. I'd really like to, to talk about. So okay. if you are interested, you can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash house protocol, where you can get access to our discord channel, where these show questions come from, For as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year, you can come hang out in the coolest, chillest, realest, most awesomest, excellent community on the interwebs, like for real. This is a collection of people, and it's it's mm, just you know chef's kiss of of the the collection of people that we have here. It's incredible, and and I just yeah, if you want to come and hang out with us and, and chit chat, talk MCP and other things, come on in. So we have this thing show questions. We got Kill Panic it says he's got a doozy of a question for discussion on the show, and I think this is relevant. Has list building been solved? Seems like activation count is king, which means you either want to max out on three cost characters or stack characters who can reliably kill three threats. That's why so many four threat characters are quote unquote bad from a competitive standpoint with a few exceptions. There's no room or role for them in the game. So the question is, has list building been solved? And then he goes in to lay out why he thinks this. I'm going to start, Merzane, because I feel like you have a a different take on this a little bit because you kind of come at it from a more competitive standpoint than I do. Mm -hmm. But I think the answer is no. Like, I do think that activation count matters and having impactful activations are important. But like... In this discussion we just had about whether OG Strange is viable here or not, I mean, I'm never going to have a ton of activations. Like, And if you look at something like saying, okay, well, Sam Spam, if I can get seven activations in a list, or Web Warriors trying to get six activations in a list, stuff like that, like yeah, those things are strong and valuable. But the way the dice work in this game, you can never bank on like reliably taking out three threats. So I do think that being able to have more activations than your opponent is good, but also the way with which you deal with those extra activations or lower activations really matters. Like, I think if you throw a Sam Spam 7 activation list into a Malakith list, you know, I don't know how many threat value you have to get to get to 7, I think it's 20, but if you throw those two lists at each other, Malakiths still probably bringing 5 activations, And he's probably going to be able to bring five impactful activations or even four impactful activations that, yes, can deal with your people, but you're still going to be able to move around and manipulate that stuff enough. I think coming at it from a pure activation count thought is a really interesting way to go about your list building, but I don't think that list building has been solved in that way because I feel like that each kind of affiliation has its own stuff that it's going to want to do. And you can't just like shoehorn in of, I'm going to just make sure I stack all these activations in here because that's what I should do. Does That make sense. Right. Yeah. I,
0: I don't think that's true at all. I think that that is a way to make lists, but some of the best characters in the game are three threat characters like juggernaut and, Dr. Voodoo, and Medusa. Like, these are all really big, really scary, high-impact uh, four-threat-and-up characters. Uh, Thanos, uh, Hulk, uh, Hulkbuster to an extent. Like, yeah, it's not about bringing a bunch of activations or characters to kill three-threats. Like, when I played Sam Spam, like, I certainly built the list to bring as many three and two threat characters as possible. And when people, people started moving away from that towards four threats, uh, people like enchantress at the time and vision because the volume of attacks that they got just ended up being better than bringing another character most of the time. Um, so which again, more great four threats. Um, and then you see, I realized while playing that list, you especially now that we don't have all you've got, I think if all you've got was around, we'd have we'd have something to talk sure, about there, sure, yeah, uh, because you can make a three threat all of a sudden get the output of something that was way beyond its its actual threat cost. But nowadays, like there's a lot of times you look at your three threats and then you look at the juggernaut on the enemy enemy side of the table, and you're like, How am I ever going to kill that? Like I've got a lot of attacks, but they're not high impact attacks. And He's just going to negate a lot of the damage I do. So, like, I'm going to pump a lot of resources into that guy to do one or two damage. Maybe. And yeah. he's just going to probably, he has the dice odds to one shot you. And then he has the dice odds to push you off uh, of points so you don't get the points for it. And the trade off may be only one less activation than you. And if he's able to start controlling the board and start dazing characters elsewhere with his three threats and stuff, which I know mentioning characters that can kill three threats, but that's not as a goal. Right. Um, Then you start having a bad time because your characters aren't designed or or capable of killing some of these higher threats. And then look at people like Hulk. Hulk is Hulk and Thanos are like the two best characters in the game at gamma at 15 points. (laughs) Like, the lower threat you go, some of these high-point characters matter a lot more because you have even less tools to deal with them. Yep. And these high-control characters, like Thanos and Hulk, have a lot of tools to control you, and you have far fewer characters to deal with it. So their control is much more impactful. Um, So, no, I, I don't agree at all that, like, activation count is the king. I think what you have to figure out is what you want to do with your list. Do you want to run a list that doesn't care about priority? Cause that's another thing is if you bring five characters to your opponents four, uh, you could just all of a sudden find yourself at a four V four around three.
2: Uh-huh. And
0: the odds are all of a sudden stacked against you. And they're going to keep priority most likely if they're playing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, like look at black order, black orders, entire purpose is to bring basically three characters. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um, it, it just, it, what, what what you have to do is figure out what you want your list to do. If you're bringing like attrition, you probably want to bring like lower, uh, well, depending on the kind of attrition, if you want to do like, (laughs) you can do wide and take a lot of characters, but then you, you can lose out to like really big hitters, like one shotting all your characters. Um, control lists tend to have like less people. Um, just because they want to like have really high impactful characters, but then they can also bring a lot of people. So they never have priority because control is a priority. Yeah. So like the, this, the game is very diverse in terms of what you're going to see most of the time in most lists. Um, I think that there are, there are solved lists for certain things like legacy virus and like herbs. Like you're playing this, strategy with these characters here's what you bring for those weird extracts and i think that's a problem with those extracts and that we've already had it dealt with with most of right, them right we're, de- we're waiting for the deal with the uh, legacy virus <laughs> uh but no I, I don't think that list building is like overall in this game solved i think yeah. that there's a lot of room for weird innovation I mean we I just gushed on about how I have absolutely no idea what my opponent in this this part of the league is going to do. Like he could run tall or wide, and it makes a really big problem for me figuring out what he's going to do because if I guess wrong, I might bring tools tech for the wrong thing, and that would uh-huh.
1: be bad. uh-huh. i'm I'm with you. I'm with you. so cool. i'm I'm glad that I'm glad we answered this question because I think that. Uh, there's a lot going on. You know what I mean? With that? Oh yeah. I so
0: I felt uniquely satisfied answering that because I I subscribed to the more activations as king uh for a time. I still think it's really good. Uh, back when I played Bam, it was really good, but that was a completely different landscape. Right. I think exactly. the game has changed a lot. Exactly. I, I think I think you can get that kind of stuff with like Shadowlands Daredevil. Yeah. I think he I think he subscribes to that a little bit. Um, Yeah. But the whole game doesn't. I I think that they've done such a good job of every affiliation wanting to do a different thing um, or wanting to do very similar things, but going about it in different ways. Oh, yeah. Like trying to generalize what the game is about as a whole is very hard. If you want to talk about tip top, highest end competitive play, um, I still don't necessarily know if that's true because a lot of gimmick lists that I talked about, like solved gimmick lists, yeah tend to have counters, and at the higher echelons of play, people typically bring the counters, like yep, um, what was it? um the asgardian thing uh that ever with the citizens what do the people call that oh, uh dash guard
1: dash guard, yeah,
0: yeah, Dash guard is crazy, and no one wants to play against it uh. But like in the higher tiers of competitive play, everyone either brought dash guard to counter dash guard or brought a counter to counter dash guard so that it became a game. The only time it was like a problem was when you played against the uninitiated. Uh, yeah. Or if you got really lucky. Um, so like if you got caught without a counter in a high tier game, you just lost. But most of the people making it to the high tier games brought a counter and, and they weren't typically great, which is the reason dash guard had to go. Uh, but it was more of a problem if like you brought it to your local game store and this guy's like, Hey, this is my 10th game ever. And you're like, well, cool. Well, here's like what the current competitive players are playing. It's called dash guard and have fun. Yeah, exactly. uh, Not playing the game.
1: (laughs) Right. So I'm glad. Yeah. And you're exactly right. So, you know, just to bring it all back to the, to the main thing. Yeah. List building to me, not solved. Seems like to you, not solved. Lots of stuff that we can, uh, we can still explore. Here and i think that there's a lot of room left in marvel crisis protocol so anyways merzane we've run long but i really wanted to get that question in because i feel like it was a good discussion point to have so with that where can people find you
0: uh in your discord and lots of discords and on the gamers guild podcast yes we actually just did an episode where we interviewed nagoldar and thoris from the rules forum and we discussed uh rules forum stuff and like how to make a, how to make a question and a little bit about like how questions are answered and why it matters. Um, So if you have any questions about it or any apprehensions about the rules forum, or just wondering like, why the heck do people keep like listening to people on the rules forum? Cause like, it doesn't make any sense to me. We answer a lot of that straight from the moderators of the
1: rules forum. Nice. Love it. So make sure to go check that out suits and also make sure to check out our current giveaway. You can go to the pinned post on our Facebook page for all the details there. Make sure to leave a comment, like the page, all that fun stuff. You know, help us grow a little bit. And also, if you go to the House Party Protocol YouTube channel, which is in the description here, and you subscribe, snap a picture, send me a screenshot to to the Facebook is the best way or on discord. If you're a part of our discord community, you can send it there uh, with your subscription. You will get an extra bonus entry to the giveaway. And Merzane, we've got to come up with a bonus word for today's episode. What are you thinking? Turbo kitty. Turbo kitty. It is turbo kitty. That's two Malakith references for bonus entries. I'm here for it. So turbo. I mean, he's
0: half the game. He should be like half the entries, right?
1: That's right. That's right. So. <laughs> Make sure to check that out. We're giving away a Malekith and a uh, Winter Guard Crimson Dynamo Dark Star box. So make sure to check that out. Also, subscribe to on your podcast platform of choice. If you're able to leave reviews, please do that. It helps us grow and get noticed by other people looking for Marvel Crisis Protocol content out there. And uh yeah, send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. And again, check out the Patreon if you're interested, patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. And lastly, check out the merch. There's a few things on the shop right now with more to come. So uh, make sure you check that out and uh, let us know if there's anything that you'd like to see, if anything that we can be doing better. All that stuff is greatly appreciated. And with that, party on, zane Party on, Will. And power down suits.
0: And this concludes the special report. Tune in next week for more.